the port city of Sayerloon, located southeast of Fembia. Within the Sea of Fallen Stars is a metropolis of merchant and guild wealth. Its all-white gothic-styled buildings serve as a siren's call to all seafaring ships in the twilight hours, when day fades and a sailor relies on this last beacon to find their way home. Its large purple flags held skyward by intimidating statues depicting distorted beasts stand to be seen by all travelers, either land or sea. Today, the third day in the first week of Mortul, black flags and muted door coverings adorn the streets while a somber crowd gathers in the city center. Within this vast crowd, both traveler and locals stand awaiting the judgment passed by King Trickert Godin Sirik III. A young man of nine and twenty, King Trickert appears to have aged beyond his years with the gravity of his situation. Dark bags under even darker eyes and unkept hair, the color of coal, stand as a stark contrast against the pristine, if not slightly oversized, royal robes. Robes that are currently shifting under the chilled sea air, reveling his importance and his standing. The white and purple colors blend almost flawlessly with that of the four individuals being led onto a large platform there he stands upon. Although their faces are covered by opaque sacks, the crowd knows the faces of the sacrificium guard who currently stand before the rope, their uniform and markings on display as reminders to both local and traveling civilians within the crowd. The murmur that had begun as the once prestigious members being led to the podium fall silent as their king raises his left hand, the signal to the crowd a signal to the executioner. With a jerk of a hand and a pull of a lever, there is only silence. Gather round and let me tell you a tale of heroes that are brave, strong, and smart. <laughs> what about those who just really aren't? What? No, this is my tale. <laughs> nah, I'm tired of cliches. Let's try it with dumb. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Season 2 of the Dyson Dummies Podcast. I am your host for this Hellas Adventure, Gabby, and to my right, we have... I'm Joel, and I'm going to be playing the captain of our merry crew, Isaac MacArthur. Hello, everyone. What? I am Dalton, and also known as the Demon Overlord, for any of you who shown from there. And I will be playing the second-in-command of our group, Thorald Darkbane. Are you real? I am Bethany, and I'm going to play Raina Emrys. Hi! I'm Zach, and uh, I play Arthur Ashburn. This voice will only get more irritating. <laughs> all right, Monker. so let's go into a description of your character. You are all starting again at level five, and you are all high prestigious members of the Sacrificium Guard. So we will start off with our most highly ranked official within the party, Joel. That is me. I am the shit. Oh, God. Oh, we're screwed. <laughs> I'm playing a human, obviously the best race. I'm like six two, six three ish, and two hundred and eighty something pounds. Used, I'm, I'm about fifty four. Not exactly my prime anymore. We got brown braying hair and a grizzly brown beard. Got that salt and pepper look going on, and kind of battered purple, right? Purple mm -hmm. armor. 
It's not the cleanest, but it's not dirty, and it's just seen lots of fights, and I've got the sacrificium cape thingy over my left shoulder. Yeah, I'm just extra like that. And, oh, I have the sacrificium tattoo on my left forearm on the inside of it. Am I missing anything? Oh, gracious, glorious leader. I don't think so. I mean, DM. Uh, you could br- give, a just for the backstory. listener, a brief backstory, like, because your past pretty solid. My, my past is pretty solid. As opposed, as opposed to the horrifying monstrosities that I make my backstory as usual. Usually. I was an sad. orphan, had a loving foster father who was a priest who got me into the path of the paladin that I'm on now. But I don't really have much of a family except for the rest of my guard and the king. Okay, Delvin. I am Thorold Darkbane, and I am the cleric of this party, the one who keeps these people alive so they do not die. While also praying to my great goddess Celestia and praising the light and bringing light to those who need it. I stand a mere four and a half feet tall. I may weigh a little bit on the 350 side, a little bit, but a little bit of the chunkness, but hey, gotta keep them muscle packs protected. I have lovely red dwarven hair and a great dwarven beard. While I wear my medium armor and my sacrificium purple half shawl. And my tattoo is actually a tramp stamp. I got very, uh, very drunk one night, and it was oh, quite we're awkward. Going with that. Um, you know? Brief backstory what kind of family do you have? Are you happy? Thorold does uh, serve the goddess of Celestia of Light. He does have a wife named Maria, and one son named Thoris. I also am the nice, lovely age of 250 years old, so I've been in this city for some years as a, just an advisor of the dwarves and the and faith of Celestia. All right. I will. <laughs> so I'm Raina Emrys, and I appear to be human. I'm athletically built and around 5'7", five, 5'8", five, in height. I have short white hair. And I have a sorceress's mark, which is like something that's distinguishing from other people. They're my eyes. One eye looks like one of those old-fashioned Roman numeral clock faces. And the other one kind of looks like nebula, sort of. I have two short swords on the sides of my body. And I have the sacrificium guard as clothing on as well. I have the shoulder cape on. And I have white armor and purple just about everything else. My tattoo is on my inner wrist, on my right, I believe. I was raised slightly out of the typical city that I now live in, but not so far away, just more like in a rural area. And I rose through the ranks there, and then I was asked to join by our lovely captain. We worked together before, and I have a father and two adopted twin siblings. Uh, Arthur Ashburn is a pale brick red tiefling. I have short spiky horns that just peek out of stained jet black hair that's kind of like matted and poorly maintained. My hands and face are seemingly permanently stained black with soot and ash as things keep blowing up in my face. I do wear the uh, traditional sash, like a folded almost like turban that my horns poke out of. Other than that, all of my clothes are supposed to be white, but they never stay that way for long. Uh, constantly, oh, <laughs> constantly getting singed and burned. There's burn holes in my in my uh, cape, half cape thing. The edges are frayed and singed. Um, the only thing I wear that's not traditional, white, purple, are brown leather work gloves. They just don't come off. On the back of my right hand is the Sacrificium Guard skull mark. 
and uh, it's only visible if I take my gloves off. So All right, brief oh. backstory. Uh, I have one older sister. Her name is Sarah. Unfortunately, she was born with a disability at birth. She had an inability to walk, so that was how I discovered I was an artificer as I created the world's first wheelchair. It's powered. It's not push. That's the invention. You put coal in the bottom, and then the seat gets warm. There's a whistle, and she can drive it around. I have two parents. They love me dearly. I don't know their names because they're just mom and dad. Mom and dad love me dearly. Both of them work in the legal district. They do paper stuff, and I think they do that because I constantly blow things up by accident, set things on fire. There's a few neighbors' houses that disappeared, but, you know, we don't talk about that because there's a non-disclosure agreement. Everything I do is with great intention. Uh, I'm intelligent, as you can intelligent, at least at level 5, uh, but I have no wisdom. That was my dump stat. So I am Jurassic Park scientist. Too busy to see if I can, not wise enough to know if I should. So, real good backstory, just like to tinker stuff. For my main weapon, I have a club that happens to look like a table leg. It is pointed at one end and has a screw on the other end. When we come to a stop, I can stab that into the ground, spin the shield that I never use, but it's always on my back, onto the top of it, and that gives me my work table. I am able to uh, facilitate small craft on the my eyes are a uh, are a dull gold. You cannot see behind my goggles. So that I, you would think because I have goggles that there wouldn't be soot around my eyes, but I don't wear them. I used to have bright, shiny gold eyes, but now they're dull because I keep blinding myself. You guys find yourself walking back into the Grand Hall of the King. You have returned from your greatest mission yet. You have captured Reginald Cameron the Fourth a great usurper of King Trickerick, someone who has been an enemy of the kingdom for over 20 years. Are we bringing him into the king ourselves, or is someone else like hauling him? He has him? already been hauled down to the cells. Damn. You guys are walking into the grand chamber of your king's castle. Here you can see purple drapes adorning a large gold and white door. To its side, gold trim, beige white walls, bracket wood is a, a large standing door has to be opened with at least three people to push on just one side of the door. So this is very solid mahogany. You guys are coming up to this door when you, Joel, see Louis Constantine running up to you. He is a sprightly young man. He's only in his early teens and he is a member of the guard because of your recommendation after his parents were killed in the last great war. He's kind of a bit of a messenger. You don't let him go into battle. He's still too young yet. He's been a little follower of yours. He definitely looks up to you. Uh, Captain! Captain, they're waiting for you. The, the feast is about to begin. You're kind of late. Yes, my son. Yes, you know we never arrive on time. No, no, but you guys, you look great. I mean, especially for capturing Reginald. It's such uh, a, I mean, it's such an honor. I, uh, <laughs> I, I reach over to you and hand you a small tin. What, what is this? Uh, you know, Captain, it, I, I've created a new a new thing, and I just feel like this is now the time to break it out for Upon you. hearing yeah. that, Louis steps back. <laughs> um, I would also like to step back and be like, not today. Just, no, no, just, just Absolutely don't. no hesitation, I open it. Okay. I'm used you're, to exploding in my face. You're, you're hit with the immediate smell of fresh cracked black pepper and something kind of floral. Inside this tin, you're looking at a semi-translucent paste. What is it? Well, palmade. Well, because I made it in my palm. <laughs> oh, dear gods. 
it's. I, I mean, Captain, it does kind of smell good, but are you sure it's not going to blow up? You have a reputation. Um, uh, it's not going to blow up. Uh, I, I open up a, a small journal and I flip through some pages. Maybe no. No, it, it, it's. I fold a page. Yeah. yeah, no, it's not no, going to blow up. I don't like that. That was a long so, pause, I just, boy. I'm double checking the calculations and it's. Like, probably, most likely, not going to blow up. Anyway, so it goes on your face and holds your hair down, and it'll make your mustache shiny. And uh, I have that, like, really nice disheveled hair. And I'm like, I put it in. Bink! <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> I'll, I'll take your word for it, son. You want me to put it in for you? I am not one for cosmetics. Ew. It's not really a cosmetic. Because it's... I mean, it's... Okay, you got me on that. I'm going to put my hand on your shoulder. This needs no work. There's a gesture to my face. And I mean, but turn you just have so many flyaways. It's just, it could help. Turn towards the door. Yeah, what's the name of the uh, young man again that came up to us? Louis Constantine. Mojo or Louis and go, they bring out the good ales, my boy. Of course they did. This is... The whole kingdom has turned out. I, you don't understand how much furniture we had to move to fit everybody. Well, I'm just looking Aww. forward to some good food and some good drink. As I gesture to the handsomeness and <laughs> perfection that, that is, is my face. your face. I'm going to turn towards the door. Jeez, I, are, are you guys ready to go then? You've. Of course. I can't. I really ready. just. I'm so proud of I'm you guys. I, I hope to be just like you one day. You think I can? And he looks at you with like a hopeful expression. I'm like the shiny guy. He's about awesome. a foot shorter than you, and he's definitely like prepubescent teen. He's got a couple of whiskers coming in and he looks so hopeful with his like little blue eyes. Of course you will, my boy. Great. Let, let me get the door. He goes to push the door on his own and stops for a minute when he looks back. He, he seems a little embarrassed. Like a red flush has covered his face. He goes, hold on one second. And he runs down the hallway and gestures for two other... Before, we just open the door uh, before he leaves, I just... I, I stop him. Uh, uh, yes? I have again. And I, uh, I reach into my pocket... <laughs> And I, I pull out just like a, just a, a handful of clearish goop, and then I tussle his hair. He looks great and disheveled. He gets a wide-eyed grin like he could blow up any second. Oh, it's an honor! Bad words. Poor, poor choice of words. I don't go near open fire, probably. <laughs> I, 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 I definitely... um. We'll remember that, and I mean, he steps back. Like this, this, this isn't a high tech city. Your lights haven't definitely uh, gotten into the castle yet. Stunning it is torches. open flame, and he steps back from the door a little bit hesitant because uh, <laughs> two flames bracket each side of the door. Okay. I mean, oh, until it dries, it's, it's probably good. I mean, I'm wearing it, and you know, yeah, you'll be fine. He looks at the state of your robes. Does he look good? Yeah, he looks like hot prepubescent teen. All right, so okay. like a high school musical teenager. Weirdly enough, like, like the fantasy boy. inside every young girl's head at fourteen, I would die for you. What is yeah, he? That guy. Okay. He looks is like he a boy guy. band guy? Yeah. Jesus. Yes. He runs down the hall. You see him gesture around the corner, and two other guards come running your way. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, my lord. I, we really did mean to be here, but um, I heard uh, there was a clear substance that was handed this way, and we kind of just stayed back for a little ways. I just pointedly look at Zach's character. Just I have a, I have another tin in my hand. I just kind of like offer it. It's open. I'm not giving them a tin. They really, um, I you know we're not going to be part of the festivities. We have to go guard the front. Really, no reason to make us but look you can good. Look disheveled. I'm just going to grab the lid, put it on there, just no. explode later. Party now. 
<laughs> they motion to the door. Louis and the two guards start pushing with all their might. You hear a large cheer as well as clapping. A bright light filters from the inside of the Grand Hall. Here you can see what appears to be Isaac, right? No, who's Isaac? You're Isaac. Isaac. What's your name? Arthur. Arthur's actual lights adorn the center of this Grand Hall. They are left a lot brighter than the fires off to the sides. As we come it in, is I the, put my goggles on. Oh, the doors are like all blinded. It's bright white light. Like yeah. hospital bright white. Yes. I want to look over to Isaac and go, two things first. One, I'm surprised the place hasn't burned down from those lights. Me too. Second, author, shut you've up. done King well. Trick or Rick, I definitely trust you. Second, I want to look at him and go, you've done well with that kid. He's going to really hate when he finds his battle. There's nothing flammable within like dark. 12 feet of the light. <laughs> so <laughs> guys walk into a grand hall entrance. Everyone stands on their feet. Off to um, the front of you, underneath the windows, lies a large buffet of food, enough to feed the entire kingdom at least five or six. The six is uh, questionable whether or not it's a pig are roasting over a fire. Off to the sides of that are all the accoutrements, like cupcakes, sweets, cookies, um, as well as like your vegetables. Everyone sits at a little square table. There is a long table to the left of you. Over there, you would know that traditionally this is where the king's throne sits, but it has been pushed back for the head table. King Trickerick sits. His robes seem to be pressed in perfect condition and he wears a bright smile as he stands and claps for his champions who have returned. You are the last to arrive. Everyone's been uh, waiting for you. And I, I just wanted to let it know another thing about my character. I always have a goofy grin on my face. Like you're like that like just overly cheery happy guy. Yeah. Like nothing gets you down. What's the name of the bad guy again? You have captured Reginald Cameron the Fourth. Just call him Reggie. Reginald sounds like a bad guy. I would like to count the the amount of legs on that. It's not quite a pig on the spit. What the? You said maybe six. It sounded like maybe it wasn't. It's in the size of a pig, but it's definitely not. Yeah, so it's me. I would like to like how many legs does it have? It looks like it has four. I would Just, like to roll an investigation, yes. please. Go ahead. Yo, this is some of that, like, you're in an empty room or appears to be empty, and there's seven minutes Right, I want to know how many legs this maybe pig has. Is it a giant spider or something? I would like to know. You said an investigation? Mm-hmm. I'm really not good at those. Oh, my God. Fifteen. Fifteen? Thirteen. Thirteen? Um, you would know it to be one of the seafaring creatures. They have pulled them up from deep sea fishing before. It resembles a squid. It just doesn't have as many appendages. Its taste is kind yeah, kind of like cuttlefish, but think giant. They're in the size of a pig. They are, what? You're on the port city. Does it have a shell? It does not have a shell. It's do a Humboldt squid. It doesn't have a texture, but it is a delicacy for these townspeople because it is hard to catch. And even though it doesn't have much of a taste, the texture is really fun for like kids and stuff because it's kind of gummy, even like even with the char on the outside. When I when I go up to the spit roast guy, I'll be like, I'll have the pig. I like I watch intently when he goes. Yeah, I would like I would like pork. I'm gonna look at him and go like, give me some of each spit, my boys. You know I'd like to have meat. Please, my my friends, come. I want you to stand before your whole entire kingdom and make sure that they recognize you before you feast. And you turn Maybe around to find, to find King Trickerick standing behind you guys as you've wandered towards the buffet. 
He has a grin on his face. He looks generally happy. There is a bit of a haunting to his eyes as if like he's suffered a lot internally. So he leads you guys <laughs> back up to vegetables. the front. There is four <laughs> seats off to his right. He motions for you guys to sit down. You all have a gold chalice at each seat. Um, of course, Isaac, you would sit for seat to his right. I would like to make a toast before we do commemorate the eating. I see you guys have already kind of dug it a little bit. What do you expect? <laughs> Not eating yet, your highness. Just getting it ready. No, I am real thin. <laughs> I know how you guys are, and so does my staff. As you guys come to stand to his right, you do notice a couple of his other advisors are seated to his left, as well as a small table is set off to the back corner, which the servants tend to sit at in rotation, so that there's always somebody bringing out fresh food, water, drinks, and making sure everything's still good. At this table, you do see Leela, the head maid. Her daughter, Stella, sits to her right. She is 14, so she is young, and she is in a maid's uniform, and she looks at her mother every now and then before she kind of runs off to get water, as if she's learning. They are at rotation with a couple other of the maids of the castle, and they all actually have food already and are eating as you guys stand before the crowd. King Trickrick raises his hands and the crowd falls silent. This has been one of the hardest trials our kingdom has had to overcome. For over 20 years before my father's passing, Reginald Cameron IV, a man who has usurped this kingdom for longer than I can imagine, has finally been brought to justice. If my father were alive, he would weep. I weep for the life he could have led had he not passed in his early years. Thankfully, we have put an end to all of the lies, the humiliation, and the slander that has been spit all over our good kingdom, my father's name. I wish for all of you to enjoy this happiness with me, which is why I brought you here. The guards before you have done an amazing task of finding this man, destroying his cult, and bringing him to us for justice. We will put an end to my father's murder. We will put an end to all of the kingdom's slander, and we will put an end to his nasty reign. These men and women before you have worked very hard and deserve our utmost respect. He raises his hand again and starts to clap, and you guys can hear just the cacophony of loud claps and laughter and cheers. It is almost deafening. Please, let us eat. What would you guys like to do? Now, who had plates being made for him? Me. Just you? Did you have a plate? You had a plate being made, right? With vegetables? No, the oh, our youngest. Oh, no, don't forget the vegetables for him. for him. Got it. But they um, also brought more eggs. Before so. you sit oh, down, sense. your plate is being set in front of you by one of, like, the little... Little, uh, little boys over there that were roasting the pig. Little squires. Okay. Well, they're like little squires. Like, they're not knights. They're not high in the guard. Yeah, but they're at least teenagers, dear God. They're being taught. I mean, it's not like we're dealing with, like, freaking well, ultra medieval. They could be starting at, like, 10 yeah. or 11. Yeah, but, big, but I eat a lot, so they're carrying a big plate. I guess it's mostly like four of them. <laughs> His arms are shaking as he, like, brings it over, but he has a whole other plate of vegetables next to it, so it's not just me. And I'm going to they're like, I hope they at least bring all the ale I asked for. Is there something else I can bring for you, Lord? More ale. I, I can do that. And he runs over to Lila's table and she gestures to bring you guys a whole pitcher. Um, what's everyone getting? Well, well, when he brings out the one pitcher, we go, wait, there's only one pitcher. What are you guys having then? 
I don't drink. I only drink water. Yes, you only drink water. There is a lovely little pitcher of water sitting in front of yours. Perfect. I drink it. See. I want to steal some water. So you guys are all eating. The, the chatter is definitely overwhelming. There's never a quiet moment. The king sits to your left, Isaac. He seems a little quiet. He's munching away happily, watching his people, but this is a little unsettling for you. He's never been this quiet at a festivity. Even one as grand as this. Like, this has been the hype of his reign. Okay, I'm gonna turn to him. Are you well, my lord? Ah, uh, my dear friend. You've been like a father to me since my, my father passed. I'm tired. I'm tired, Isaac. Well, it is over now, my king. It feels like I've been alive for generations, and I don't know what to do. It seems endless, like a game. It just keeps going in rotation over and over again. But you've put an end to it, and I couldn't be more happy. You don't seem happy, my dear. Like I said, just, just tired. This has been a long time coming, a long day of planning. I've had to battle with this. He kind of leans in the other advisors a lot to let you guys go on this mission alone. I mean, even with their help, they didn't really trust you guys could handle it. But we did. It is done. You may rest. He leans back, kind of like sinks into his chair a little bit, in a more relaxed pose. Again, like he does look a little tired, but he does smile. <sighs> Finally. Time for rest. What's the name of the head again? Lila. Lila. I'm gonna look over to Isaac slowly and be like, So, Isaac, gonna make your move on Lila tonight? <laughs> I'm gonna look him dead in the eyes. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, don't be so go honest, back my, my boy. Conversation with the king. <laughs> Just ignoring him. Next time you go to take a drink. Next time you go to take a drink, it's not there anymore. It's sitting in front of you. <laughs> sitting in front of where? You. Why is it in front of me? I didn't want to take it back from does. you. I just took it from over here and I put it in front of you. Because you tried to take it like and hide it on the side. Oh, so I put it in front. So if you guys eat... Put it back. Arthur, every now and then the king leans over. He wants to know how you're doing, how your, your little trinkets are coming. Do you have any more of these magic lights that happen to be hanging in the center of the room? They cast so much light. He says it can be a little blinding. And is there a dim switch? <laughs> <laughs> What's a dim switch? <laughs> I, uh, I I lean back in my chair and uh, I, I take a, a sip of something. I ponder. Do you drink ale? No. Arthur <laughs> Arthur drinks whole milk with powdered milk mixed into it to get more milk. You weak milk drinker. Awesome. I want double milk. Double the milk. He has no muscle, but his bones are rock solid. <laughs> <laughs> What's your second go-to when you cannot have milk? When I can't have milk? Yes. Apple juice. I will. <laughs> juice. <laughs> no, that's better juice. than what I was going to say. Yeah. Okay. All right. Apple juice. Got bulky. it. Uh, I've invented juice boxes, and they're filled with juice. So if I can't have milk, I have to have straw. You're Every such now a and then it's a little tangy because it's starting to ferment. Got it. So, yes. Um, it turns into wine in the box. Yeah, and then it's a cheap wine box. And, uh, I'm, that's my little Then my inventions get real bad. Don't drink ale, don't drink water. Milk and apple juice, got it. That's the thing I go to. Uh, but either way, he talks to me, I ponder, I, I lean back, I uh, put more pork chop in my mouth, and I, I lean back and ponder it. I gesture to him, I reach into my pocket, and I pull out a small tin, and then I put that back in my pocket. And uh, in my other pocket, I pull out a small folded trinket. It looks uh, maybe like a, like a small sparrow. 
and there's a key on its back. And I twist it, and it starts to sing a little song. This is this is amazing, and it it plays music. Well, I mean, it's just the chirps. It's it's just this one. Ah, I, I do enjoy this, my friend. Your creativity, it always has brought me joy, even so at a young age. So it's like it's like. And it just repeats. Ah, I like, do like this tune. It seems kind of catchy. <laughs> I just want to say that the king's super intrigued and the rest of us are just... Right. <laughs> yeah, we're all kind of like that whole... Like, in um, case it blows up. And, oh, and, and then... Uh, I almost forgot. Uh, and I, I grab it, I grab its head and pull back, opening its mouth. And a little light shines out. It's not ah, very bright. It, is it like what you put in with this light? Does it too have a a, a dim switch? <laughs> you can close the beak. Ah, perfect. How do I close that beak? And he points up at the at the chandelier like monstrosity that casts enough light to illuminate this whole room in bright white light. You want a dim I, light? I pull out a slingshot. <laughs> No, no, my friend, I don't want you to break it. I Am I here? <laughs> I just wondered, was there a way to, like, slow it from being so, so, like, godly bright? It hurts my eyes sometimes. Wait, 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 wait. No, so after he says that, uh, I would say, like, a third of the light bulbs land in my hands. Okay, so what did you do for the listeners? Nothing, but it's not telling you. In the background, I'm giving Lila a sunshine. <laughs> There you go. She just kind of like shrugs her shoulders. She's used to your antics and gets up you, and she starts to make her way through the crowd. In, in between uh, all the chatter, you hear, just light it before you know. You do see Lila look to you. A older woman, she is still a little bit younger than you, like in her late 30s, late 40s. Like 54. 54? So you are okay. here really 50. So you're going to be, she'll be in her late, I guess, mid 40s then. Her a little closer, let's not do some cougar snatching. Her hair still shines with fresh feet. It's beautiful and gold. She doesn't have any signs of age except for wrinkle lines around her eyes and her mouth. She is always smiling, always happy. Um, she has like the darkest brown eyes you've ever seen. She's had a little weight to her, but she has had a child before her husband passed. And, and that Stella is the product of just some fun at one point 14 years ago before you really got to know her. She had already had Stella when you started. She was like, you've been with a sex guy for 20 years. You know that she used to have a lot of fun. Damn. Not like, she wasn't like a whore, but she did have like a favorite guard before he too died in battle. <laughs> Stella looks at you guys. You've always kind of helped her raise Stella, so you've been an impromptu father figure that has kind of always been like she looks at you and starts <laughs> waving frantically. She kind of picks out the, um, the slingshot from underneath her mother's chair and goes with a question look at it. Kind of like the point in, do I mess with this? <laughs> I point to Thory Man's head. I snap her finger guns. Mm-hmm. I want to take a look up for a second and kind of notice that she's looking at me. I'm going to be like, now's your chance before. Get over there. As soon as he looks at you and says that, you see Zella past him and take aim. And it whizzes just behind his head. He looks a little disheartened because she missed. I look at that. I look back at her, and I pull out a notebook and start writing some notes. I'm having some deep drinks, and then I notice my wife. Okay. As you notice your wife, you hear what it sounds to be like this really loud whizzing, like a fly, right by your ear, before you feel a snap on the side of your neck. You see Stella jump up in excitement before she sits back down and hides the uh, slingshot. I'm gonna look around and be like. 
who just made the greatest mistake of interrupting a dwarf in his ale! Arthur, you have seen Stella hit her mark dead on? There is like this little tinge mark where a piece of uh, Feral's beard has singed and like almost like burned off. Okay. A plume of smoke and like burnt hair can be smelled, but he didn't set on fire, but there is a All mark right, there. I, I just rip a page out of the book. Hold the fuck on. You then I start scribbling something else. Like this very small, like you got hit in the beard with a snap. Hold on, I'm a gonna. Hold on, as a dwarf, I'm immediately being like, who has committed the greatest sin of insulting a dwarf's beard? Um, Come down my ass! No one insults a dwarf's beard. It's in the name of science. You can hear Snickers thrown off to your uh, right, and a young girl starts heading after Lila. You would know that to be your daughter. She seems to be in a bit of a jovial mood. Wait, she looks daughter? Good. I'm gonna quickly like do that last little flick of the ailment off, put it down, turn to Isaac slowly. That slow turn with that serious dwarf looking be like words, my captain. I take you outside and teach you a lesson, boy. You can hear Jessica's off to the right making jokes to all the children that are running around handing out balloons and snapping little crackers. You would know these to be like those little snaps. Uh-huh. They point them kind of at the kids' feet and the kids dance out of the way when they think it's like the, the most fun they've ever had. They do clear out a lot of the tables. You see Lila, she is there when she's directing a lot of the maids. A lot of musicians have come. They kind of like take off different, take off in different areas of the floor so different um, musicians are playing in different spots all coming together to form one live um, everyone starts to dance. You see Lila start to head your way. She has a bright smile on her face and a little twinkle in her eyes. Arthur! Yes. You see many a young maiden. They are wandering around. Different squires ask different women to dance. They definitely have started to huddle together based on sex. So men and young men are together. They're kind of like talking to the women. And it's kind of a common come together. I, I walk over to the window and kind of like glance around a little bit. When no one's looking, I'm just throw my entire cup so it's something I'm not feeling so good, and then I pull out a, a box of juice and I just start drinking the juice. Okay, can you can you give me a uh, coin flip? Let me know how's your cows. It tastes just like you had made it yesterday. Perfect. Nothing. No, we all see him over in the window. No, you kind of would be drowned out with all the festivities. There's people around dancing in different areas of the room. Not everyone. Long race in the center, they all kind of find each other. Fair enough. I'm going to set down my tanker like, it's the end of that arrow. I'm going to go dance with my wife, Isaac. You have some fun, my boy. And I'm going to get up and I'll head over and find my wife and have some fun. You <laughs> accidentally <laughs> trip Lila when she's walking by and he catches her. Can I roll for a performance on that? Yes. <laughs> Give me a coin flip before your roll. Well, I got yes or no on it, let's see. Let me know if it's yes or no. No? Okay, now give me a roll of disadvantage. Aww. You've been probably indulging okay, in the drink a little so much more than you normally did. Fifteen? Fifteen? So Please. if you start to walk by, you did see okay, Lila give one. Isaac the eye. Um, she is coming up uh, to I him. Right. You, right before she reaches the table, the table's been cleared, so now like just like the chairs for the advisors, the king, and you guys are there. Little side tables have been set up to keep your drink separate from everyone else, as you guys do have gold chalices. Before she reaches you, you do see Thoral give her a small trip, and she starts to stumble. Give me an acrobatics roll. 17, that boy. As you reach out to catch her, you do catch her in time. 
Unfortunately, you do fall to your back, taking the brunt over the head. She's on top of you. She starts giggling hysterically. She might have had a little too much to drink. Oh, you're always on top of it, aren't you? I guess I'm on top of it this time. Come, we dance. And she starts pulling you by the hand. I guess I gotta dance. All right. <laughs> Raina, what would you like to be doing during the festivity? Um, a lot of your companions have been drinking a little. They seem to be having a little bit more indulgent fun than they normally would, but this is a big day for you guys. It seems like you can Um, I will approach a man and ask him to dance. Okay, is there any man in particular that would catch your eye? Somebody that would work around the castle that I'd be good with. Okay. There is a couple nights stationed in every corner. This is kind of the norm. They always have to have, someone always has to draw the short straw and be on guard duty. One of your favorite guards is Timothy. Timothy is roughly a couple years younger than you, but he does not act young for his age. He is very wise. He's always the last to act because he's the first to sing. And this has always attracted you to kind of your nature, that he's not hard-headed or pig-headed. He's very calm, cool, collected. He has dark brown hair and brown eyes and a very light peppering of facial hair on his jaw. His build is pretty medium. He's not very, very buff, but he is kind of leading light, but that kind of is a testament to how he acts as a knight. He's more calculating. He tends to lead a couple of the guards when they are on rotation like this because he's always so straight-headed. So I go over to him. Hey, let's dance. Uh, his eyes grow soft as he looks upon you. He has enjoyed many conversations with you, and it's always been like he has a bit of a crush on you. Right now, you know I can't leave the corner. What would it make my men think? Come with him. Why don't you stay here and keep me company? Okay. You know I enjoy our talks. All right, so then I stay and talk. Okay. And I order us some applesauce with berries. Applesauce and berries. So, Thorald, you approach your wife. She's been giving you a haughty look for the last couple of minutes. She's definitely had a little bit more to drink than you, and she seems a little standoffish. You have not approached me to dance, and I am the last to dance. Honey, you know I need to have my time to catch up. With who? <laughs> I meant with the alcohol, dear. Then come, my mate. We shall dance, and we shall drink the night away. It's been Damn a long right, time we since we've been alone together. I'm gonna look over to Isaac and go like, that's how it's done. It's better than the flower. Do I hear her whisper that? She's going like, no. Probably not, because she's off in the corner. <laughs> if you make that joke to uh, Timothy, though, he'd probably chuckle, because you guys do talk a lot when you get to see him. You guys chat amicably about, like, little things, things around the castle. She's telling you about Stella, how good she's doing in her studies. She knows that you get her into trouble a little bit, but it's good for her. <laughs> And she loves that you always take, like, the best approach with her daughter. Everyone else always gives her a ride first, but you've always taken her other way. So you guys chat amicably about that stuff, about Stella, about her studies. And she does ask me that Stella was interested in learning how to fight with a sword, and she wants your personal opinion. Everyone should learn to fight with a sword. But I know the perfect person to teach her. But I think, I mean, she's a young girl. Does she need to fight with a sword? Why not? Well, I would rather than know how to use it and not need it than need it. But isn't she too young? Well, I mean, I know you're good with with any kind of weapon, really. But do you think there's someone maybe of the same sex who could teach her? Sarcastic. No, of course not. I don't know any 
I don't work. <laughs> She's, she kind of looks at you baffled for a second, like, wait, what? You don't know anybody? And then she, like, Does she follow the alcohol, the, yeah, the alcohol haze kind of was clear a little bit. She starts laughing as she looks over to the corner, right as we were talking to Timothy, and she knows those two have talked a lot. She goes, oh, I always forget about her. It's, oh, ouch. I forget that she knows the sword. Let's go talk to them. And she starts dragging you that way. Okay. I mean, because you're her captain, right? She has to listen to you, and she starts to, like, push you in front of her. Like, Jesus. this is going to be your idea. You are now the man of the household. Take charge. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kind of intimidating for other people. Like, you guys are not that intimidating. But she not might be kind of comforting with me, but not, like, super ball. comforting. Right. Yeah. As you were chatting and laughing with Timothy, you do see... Isaac approaching you. He has a flush to his face. Um, even though he's been only having water, maybe. Mm. Her nose is rosy. She has the most exuberant smile on her face and she's kind of like pushing in there. You also notice that she's feeling up his sides. Mm. I'm assuming this isn't new. Nope. Alright, so whatever. She makes her intentions pretty well known. Timothy. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Timothy? Are you? If you address him, he does stand up straighter next to you, Raina. Awesome. Have you been into the drink, or are you just like a little flush and flirty here? <laughs> uh huh. I see what's Either going way, on. Either way, business. Lila leans her head against your shoulder, almost as if she's peering over your head. A contented smile is on her face, and she's kind of hugging from the side. I smile back. She gives you a wink and kind of nudges him towards you. She's letting him take the reins in this conversation, even though she knows the way it's supposed to go. Alright, Captain. You see, young Stella has been wanting to take up the soul. As every young woman should. Would you be so inclined as to perhaps teach her a thing or two? Of course! Or a thousand, of course. Exactly. Thank you, it would be most appreciated. Mm-hmm. Anything to help you. You have, you have my, like, sincerest gratitude. I I really do appreciate it. it. It slipped my mind that you were so proficient with a sword, but Isaac was quick to remind me, and I really appreciate this. Stella was going to have a great time, and her voice kind of starts to fade as she's leaving further away on the dance floor. Alright, sounds good. Come, come. I will take it easy on you her at first. Dance. This, is a great, this is a great occasion. It's finally nice for us all to let loose. Arthur, how are you doing? Drinking my juice and uh, like kind of leaned over and asked him, just kind of observing. I don't as have any rhythm. As you're standing there, so you're like off tapping to the You're over against the wall, correct? Underneath one of the windows? Yeah, that's okay. like just I threw my milk out and I'm just like, I'm drinking my juice. And I'm not I'm not holding the box by the box point, but a little flat, so I don't squeeze it. Yep. As you're standing there <laughs> by the windows, you notice that there is a young woman. She is approaching each of them and jiggling the latch. She is getting closer to you. She has long strawberry blonde hair. She's jiggling the latch of the, of the windows. Upon <laughs> them not giving at all and not opening, she moves on to the next one. She comes to stand beside you and goes, Don't jump. I want to open the window. It's kind of warm in here. Oh, no. Yeah. Do you want me to jump? Oh, no, no, no. Should no, I you, jump? You just, you were, you, you were just, kind of, I was just, no. Can you open the window for me? You're standing in front of it. I turn and look at the window. Yes. It is. It is an open window. So, um, I'm Amber. Um, I kind of <laughs> noticed you were standing here by yourself. You, you don't like to dance? Oh. Uh, 
it's not really my thing. I, I just reach into my bag and pull out a, a, a small box. Okay. And I check the date on it, and I put the one bag naked up there. Wait, you dated him? She starts to sip on it. You do notice her brow wrinkles a little bit, but she does keep sipping away. She's trying to make idle chatter with you. Um, do, do you make this yourself? I make the boxes. So who, who, who makes the, the juice? Oh, my mommy. I wish my mom would make me juice, but I'm, I'm kind of allergic to it. Wait. And she sits on it a little bit more. I just kind of take the box from her? No, 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 it, it's fine. It, it's, um, it's not, um, anaphylaxis. I'm just gonna kind of have to excuse myself from, for like, by five feet. You should just drink a bunch of juice. No, no, you offered it to me, and I thought I'd take it. Yeah, but I mean, what if I offered you poison? Uh, this was merely a gesture of... Give me the juice box. She kind of gives Are you a horrified look, or? but her cheeks get flushed in embarrassment. I mean, I just kind of wanted to come over and say hi. You were standing on your own. Oh, the captain's, uh, he's out there being forced to dance. Uh, Grandpa's kind of, I think that's dancing. I think they're dancing. And, and Reyna's talking to the guards. Must be getting, must be getting intel. You would know I'm friends with this guy. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Interesting intelligence. Yes, you can see the awkwardness can, off like in the corner. Like, like haphazardly dancing that direction. Yes. When you approach, I, when you approach, I stop leaning against I, the wall. I, she stand up. Like, yeah, Captain. And, oh, oh, and she stands up straight. She moves away from Arthur a little bit more. Her hands are ringing nervously. Her face is beat red. I put my hand on her head and tossle over her hair and grab Isaac by the face. <laughs> Hi, Captain. Ask her to dance. Would you like to dance? <laughs> she, she does give a light yeah. smile and nods with her head down. Like, she is just the epitome of You're shy like, and awkward. She does hold out a shy hand to you. You notice her hands are a little clammy, like she's very nervous. So you guys dance the night away. Everyone except Raina. Raina talks the night away, but it is every time you've had to talk with him and you know the conversations are meaningful and you enjoy them to the fullest. It's never just about work with him. He he does have a life outside work. He actually volunteers at the soup kitchen to help a couple of the homeless that do come in from other lands. Like, he is just, like, what you would imagine is the ideal partner. He listens to you. He's attentive. He is strong and capable, but that's not all he is. Awesome. You guys chat the night away as you do notice your comrades dancing around you. There seems to be a lot more loose tongues. Everyone's in such a jovial mood, and you notice the king is off to the back talking with some of his advisors. His gestures seem a little antsy, but he does when he does catch your eye and the eyes of your comrades, he does smile. He has a happy, happy smile. Like, this is finally the day that he's been waiting for. You all dance the night away, and you all wake up in black. Please so, give me a perception roll. Oh, that I got one. your 13. <laughs> I got a 17. I got only a 14. Your limbs feel light. You do feel like you're still asleep as you're floating in what appears to be a jelly-like substance. More light starts to filter in through your eyelids. You all open your eyes to be face down in what appears to be a pool. This pool looks bottomless. You would stand. Dalton, as your character Thorold stands, you realize what you were looking at face down, it is an illusion and it is a very shallow jelly-like substance you're standing in. You are not covered with it upon standing. 
Bethany, Raina would stand and you would have an instant headache. You don't feel right. Whatever you're standing in could be the cause of it. You don't know, but you have an inkling that something is wrong. Like, this is not where you should be. Where did all this art come from? Looking around, the party would see you're in a large 40 by 40 circled pool. It is completely perfect with a small outlet behind you where you do see this jelly-like substance flowing into the pool. You are standing at about two feet of this clear blue substance and you are looking at each other and you seem to be non-tangible as if you can see through each other. Around you stand large pillars which anchor above an even larger ceiling about 50 feet in height and you are surrounded by a almost blue-green opaque stone which shimmers in the light. You are facing each other. I don't want to tell me what the hell is going on here. Oh man, did I drink last night? This feels off. And I feel sad. Martha, did you blow us up? Uh, no. Hey, sure. Yeah. He's uncertain. He does not no. give me any really like, actual. Do, all I'm saying, I, I reach for my journal. Is it there? <laughs> yes. Okay, I pull it out. Flip a couple of pages. No. It no, feels I, I, I physical didn't... to you, didn't... but it doesn't look physical. Did you, guys? I can see my hand through my journal. I don't like it. But and also, you... I definitely there's like a ninety percent chance I didn't kill us. So Did there's you... a ten percent chance you just didn't write it down. I write down when I go to the bathroom. I write down everything. As you were talking to Thorald, a figure starts to emerge from between you, all four of you, almost like a puddle within this jelly as it starts to lift. You notice that it is in the shape of a young woman. You can see right through her, and she does not make any notice at you as she passes by. She starts to move towards the end of the pool where you see other figures emerging from this jelly-like substance. They have very hollow eyes. You can make out features with each person or creature, but they do not give you any inkling that they recognize you, feel you, see you. They all move to a podium, which is directly across from the outlet within this puddle, this giant puddle you're in. Does anyone know where the hell we are? No. Working on it. Did you open a portal? Uh, did you open a portal? As I turned to Raina. <laughs> well, no. I asked that question. I Usually Raina's quite reliable. And take some jelly. It's off that would blow us across the wall. I don't know where we are. Hey, woman! Ow, that hurt. No one answers you as you guys make to talk to people out of the puddle. You keep seeing them. I keep calling it a puddle because there is an inlet that comes into it that seems more tangible, like a cool. flowing jelly road. Yeah, you're in like a very shallow kiddie pool. Let's get out but of this. But it's very big. I'm going to look at him and go, gotcha, the haunted did, Willy Wonka. Did we all die and go to the dark place? We're working on it. I mean, we're intangible. That's not normal. I I collect some of that jelly in an empty pomade tin. I bring it close to my face and I want to give it a sniff. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's not like it smells like cracked black pepper, and I forget what else you said it smelled like. Wildflowers. Wildflowers. Like a hint of a wildflower. So it smells know. like my pomade. I'm gonna taste it. Ew. It tastes like your pomade. What? <laughs> but it's still, like, you can see through the tin. As you guys are standing there talking, um, Raina, your headache 
has definitely added within the minutes that you're awake. You keep seeing little flashes in the back of your mind of a bright light taking light from it and a lot of people. And you remember that you were there. You don't remember where this was, but you remember you were there. Captain? Okay. Yes. I'm like 90% sure I didn't do something. But I think we're standing in my palmade. And I didn't make this much. Did someone steal your recipe? I don't I mean, it tastes the same. You tasted your palmade. Wait, are you telling me you woke up in a puddle of strange jelly and the first thing you did is taste it? No, I smelled it first. Oh, that makes this so much better. Did you feel sick? No. No? You have a bit of no like a bit of a hangover, but that's not normal. No one feels sick. You have no inkling of a hangover. Nope. You just think that you're not in the right place right now. All, all I remember is it's kind of foggy. Um, white lights, and it was really bright, and and there was a lot of people. Was I doing one of my prayers? That would sound about right. When you guys hear her, I don't know. When you guys hear her describe what she remembers, a brief flash also crosses your mind. You remember this bright light. You remember Reyna taking something from it to make it dimmer and a lot of people, and it seems like you may have been there. You can still see people dancing, but you, so you see a little bit more. People dancing, the bright light, and just like a lot of merriment. Okay. And like, was I there? Because it feels like you were there. Yeah. Not where you're currently at. I feel like we were there, but like recently. As you guys stand there, you're chatting back and forth. More and more of these entities keep coming up from the jelly-like substance and moving again towards the end of the pool. Um, they are heading again towards the podium where they do form a line. You do notice that whoever is at the podium currently signs in what could be a book or on a piece of paper. There is some writing to be seen before they become tangible and move on. Behind you, a large bell rings and a ship comes into view. That's where we're going to end the episode. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the second season of the Dice and Dummies podcast. A little relaunch here after the COVID kind of hit and everyone had to take a little bit of a hiatus. Definitely tune back in for more of a hellish adventure. But if you want to follow me, I am at sweet underscore roll. The O is a zero. And I am at Skyrilla243. The three is a three. And I am at Zero and Berserker or at Demon Overlord on YouTube. I'm at Mischief Mystic on Twitter. At Prozac underscore I. All my links to uh, Instagram and everything are there as well. And listener, if you're hearing this part, that's because Caitlin did listen to this part. No, she just leaves that stuff in for funsies. All right, guys, tune in next time. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye. So wait, you don't fist fight the girl you're dancing with? No, you don't fist fight the girl you're dancing with. Wait, what happens next? It was just getting good. Well, you'll just have to wait till next week. Oh, I don't know if I'll live that long. No, no, just take a health potion. You'll be fine. Hey, guys, do you ever wonder where we get all of our music, sound effects, or even our explosions? They all come from BattleBards.com. It's an easy place where you can go and get all of your tabletop audio needs in one easy-to-use format. While you're there, you should try a BattleBards Prime account. It's a subscription service that gives you the ability to upload and mix with private audio libraries and a 20% discount on all your purchases. 
And while you're there, don't forget to use our referral code, DUMB. That's D-U-M-B at checkout.